Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking for 50 people with Hashimoto's. If you have been diagnosed in the last 10 years and you feel lost or confused about exactly what to do, then I want to invite you to join me for a free training call on Thursday, May 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where I will show you how to support your thyroid for your thyroid type and your specific Hashimoto's triggers. You will also find out how to lower your thyroid antibodies and how to get to the bottom of all of your thyroid symptoms, the weight gain, the fatigue, the brain fog, the inflammation, the hair loss. Please go to inatoppler.com slash Zoom call to register, and I will send you all of the call details. I only have room for 50 people, so please be sure that you register at inatoppler.com slash Zoom call and get your spot right now. Meet Victoria. She's 45, works full-time, and lives in New Jersey with her husband and three kids. She works in Manhattan and takes the ferry, subway, and then walks 20 blocks to get to work. She's very active and loves to run and take spin classes for her workouts and go hiking, biking, and skiing on the weekends with her family. But for the last nine months, she's been experiencing pain in her left hip and has been radiating down her leg. This has really affected her life. She's not able to do the activities that she loves, which has made her even more miserable. And even getting to work is a struggle because her commute requires so much walking up and down the subway platforms and New York City streets. Victoria likes to treat things naturally. So first, she saw a physical therapist who worked on relaxing her tight muscles and gave her specific hip stabilizing exercises. However, instead of feeling better, she actually felt worse, more pain and more discomfort after each therapy and massage session. She then saw a chiropractor who has helped her in the past with lower back pain, but this time it didn't make much of a difference for her hip and leg. She tried taking glucosamine and chondroitin, supplements that can help joint pain, but not much has changed. After meeting Victoria, I saw that she had a lot of spider veins, and interestingly, the veins were much more concentrated on her left leg rather than both legs evenly. I could see we needed to explore this further and that this was a big clue in solving this health mystery. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know, because that was me, before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. We just heard about Victoria. I suspected that since her spider veins were concentrated on her left leg, that they were somehow connected to her pain. And what I discovered through speaking with our guest today was quite fascinating. You're going to want to hear this. Joining me on the show today to talk about Victoria's case is Belinda Brown. She is a classical acupuncturist focusing on getting to the root of health issues through Chinese medicine and has a very busy practice in Hoboken, New Jersey. Belinda, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Some of my listeners may be familiar with acupuncture and have experienced the dramatic positive effects it has on health. I know that I have personally, but for those who may not be familiar, can you briefly tell us how does acupuncture work? Sure. Acupuncture works with our body's chi. Chi can be interpreted as an invisible life-giving force that flows throughout our body. 
when our chi is flowing smoothly and to all the right places, then we experience good physical and mental health. When our chi is not flowing correctly, if it's blocked, stagnant, or deficient, then that results in illness. Our chi flows throughout our body through pathways called meridians. Each one of our major organ systems has its own meridian. These are called our primary meridians, and there are 12 of them. Along with these meridians are pools of chi called our acupuncture points, and that's how we access our chi from outside the body. Depending on how we work with these points, a powerful message is sent to the body on how to balance and heal itself, which is quite profound, I think. Are there several types of acupuncture? Yes, there are. And acupuncture has historically been found in many different countries, dating back thousands of years ago. Traditional Chinese medicine, or TCM acupuncture, is the most commonly practiced here in the States. I practice classical Chinese acupuncture. Some also call it advanced acupuncture because the meridians that we work with are beyond the curriculum of many of our acupuncture schools. Remember I mentioned those uh, 12 primary meridians that correlate to the major organ systems? Mm -hmm. Well, classical acupuncture also works with the additional 64 meridians in our body. These meridians, additional meridians, are called complement or collateral channels. Basically, we have many more ways to preserve and heal the body when working with all 76 of these meridians. And um, spoiler alert, I will be discussing one of these brilliant channel systems when we discuss Victoria's case. Yeah, and sounds like this is really advanced because it's so many more meridians than just the traditional approach, right? Yeah, um, my teacher believes that if you have the knowledge of all 76 meridians of the body, you can truly heal any disease without herbs or a medicine or any other intervention. How would someone know what type of acupuncture the practitioner that they're seeing may be using? Hmm. You give them a call or look at their bio. They should state whether they practice TCM or classical acupuncture. Um, If you're talking to them, you could just ask them, do you also practical classical acupuncture? Or you can look on their bio. Sometimes they state where they they learned, where they took their uh, courses. And if they say that they took from my teacher, Uh, Jeffrey Yuan, an 88th generation Taoist priest, uh, then you know you'll be receiving some classical treatments. He was responsible largely for bringing this oral tradition of classical acupuncture to the United States. That's really interesting. How do you assess health conditions in Chinese medicine? Health conditions in Chinese medicine are assessed from detailed pulse and tongue diagnosis, as well as looking at a person or putting your hands on them. You learn so much about a person's health by just looking at them, their body, listening to their voice and the way they breathe, the way they move, the shine in their eyes, their skin tone, their complexion. I could could go on. Now, pulse diagnosis could be a podcast on its own. Um, We're not just talking about the way Western doctors take the rate of the pulse on a person's radial artery. In Chinese medicine, there are six distinct pulses on each wrist, each relating to a different major organ system of the body. My teacher told us that we can treat past, present, and future illnesses by reading a person's pulse. He also told us that we shouldn't even have to 
speak to a person, to give them a good treatment. Just looking at them, being with them and taking their pulse should give you enough information. That's really fascinating. Um, there's a lot of skill, I'm sure, that is involved to be able to look at that and you know see what the pulses mean. Now, when we see spider veins, and I know that um, oftentimes we look at it as a vanity thing, because let's be honest, they're not very pretty. But yeah. from your point of view and the point of view of Chinese medicine, what do spider veins mean? And what do they say about the state of the body in that area? Hmm. So classical Chinese medicine sees spider veins as a, a low meridian issue, and that's L-U-O meridian, not L-O-W. It's our body's way of keeping an illness away from our major organs by pushing it up to the surface of our skin. It's a, it's a survival mechanism. These are extra pathways that our bodies create when we're confronted with a pathogen, be it internal or external, that it just can't get rid of on its own. An example of internal pathogens are negative emotions or emotional response to something as well as poor diet choices. External examples are viruses, bacterias, toxins, and pollutions. Our bodies use our blood as a buffer between an illness and our organs. Now, it takes both our blood and chi to keep that illness latent in these low vessels. We're using valuable resources by keeping it on the surface in the form of these spider veins. So ideally, these vessels are released or bled, if you will, to free up that chi and blood to keep the body running properly. Mm. And because your knowledge is so extensive in this, I sent Victoria right to you after I saw her. Can you tell us what you did and what happened? Of course. So I took one look at her leg and I knew we needed to clear those veins. They're giving us a clear message running the length of her gallbladder low meridian. I just hope that she was open to the idea since that was probably not her idea of a traditional acupuncture treatment. I explained to her a little bit about what these vessels meant to the body and I needed to release them. I told her as a bonus that these veins would diminish or go away completely. And she got excited about that idea and wanted to start immediately. She said she hadn't worn shorts in years because of them. And she had a lot, uh, just so everyone knows, you know, the amount of spider veins she had on her left leg was a lot. Um, and there was hardly any on the right. So it was very, very evident of something going on. Exactly. So. Um, I began to treat her, and so as the treatments went on, her pain was reducing, and at the beginning of each treatment, she would say, yeah, my leg is feeling better, so keep doing what you're doing because I'm and loving the way it's looking, too. What yes. exactly were you doing, actually? Mm -hmm. Just lightly taking a small lancet, which is a little bit different than a traditional acupuncture needle, very short, very thin, gently pricking the the, the spider veins, and bleeding them. I would I have on my gloves and have a bunch of cotton balls and just soak up the blood as they're released. And it's a tiny pinch and um it's it's really not not bad at all. And the person the person feels different as as the treatment's going on. They generally tell me they feel lighter, less heavy or maybe a little euphoric. And so you were bleeding uh, those vessels, and she was saying that her pain was decreasing. Mm -hmm. And um, after a while, she was um, progressing nicely, beautifully, but something in her pulses still didn't 
seem quite right. So I thought it'd be a good idea if she went to get a scan. So she got one and she was told that she had a baseball sized tumor in her hip socket. Now, thankfully the tumor was benign, but nonetheless, it's, it's scary. So she decided to have it removed. Now I had a few months of treatments left with her before her surgery was scheduled. And um, by the time she was to have it removed, her pain was gone and the new scan showed that the tumor was drastically reduced, about 95% reduced actually. So she opted out of surgery and by the way, her leg looked much better. Wow, that's amazing. Um, you know, I just want to pause here for a second and just make sure that everyone hears this. You know, while spider veins are often looked upon as a vanity thing, if you have a lot of them, and especially if they're concentrated in a specific part of the body, that's a sign your body's trying to tell you something. And so often our body gives us clues. We just don't hear them. And so many cases like this one, we may see a clue, but we may not know how to interpret it and just kind of push it down or cut it out or put a Band-Aid over it. So it's so exciting to hear here that you were able to see that there was an issue, you treated the vessels, and then as the vessels got better, the tumor actually went away, which I think is just amazing. Did you think that the tumor was the result of the hidden pressure in these low vessels, or do you think the spider veins came first? Is that something that we can even really say? Mm, that's a great question. That the spider veins come first, and when they get too full, as we say, they reach a certain tipping point and then they the body starts pulling other resources um, tumors cysts or nodules are another way that that keep that pathogen at bay and block it from entering the organs Hmm. Very interesting. So for those that may have cysts um, or, you know, other growths, and if they're not getting to the root cause, it's very likely that these pathogens, whether they're emotional or potentially physical, could be at play here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are there any other ways in which the low vessels can present themselves? Yeah. Um, spider veins are one way. Uh, other signs and symptoms of low meridian issues are varicosities, unexplained bruises, swellings, nodules, cysts, and tumors, as I mentioned before. Lows also treat blood diseases or disorders and circulation issues. Also, emotional or psychiatric issues because the Chinese believe that the blood actually holds our emotions. And in Victoria's case, she seemed lighter emotionally and happier as the treatments progressed. And I see that often in my practice. Speaking of emotions and their relationship to these low vessels, I know that you've mentioned to me before that you saw something very interesting with your son, Reese. Would you be able to share that story? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, when he was about three, three and a half years old, he, he just, his behavior changed and he was just angry at me for no particular reason that I could see. And he didn't really want to be near me or put him to bed at night or read him a story or give him a bath or he was just being really hard on me. And um, it really hurt my feelings. Um, I had to turn it around and think, okay, let me not look at this as a mom. What is going on with my baby? Uh, what's causing him to feel this way. And um, I obviously thought low meridians, emotional issues. Let me look at his body. Let's see what's going on. So I looked down at his leg and this is also another gallbladder low issue. And I could see right on his little leg where a major gallbladder low point well, is a tiny little dark vessel. 
Um, so I, one night I decided to, um, while he was getting out of the bath, his dad was holding him. I decided to just gently prick that tiny little vessel and a dark glob of black coagulated blood just poured out of him. And another one came after that. And, and he just, first you could tell he was looking at me and he wanted to scream at me and, and yell. And he was so mad. And then just his eyes shifted and he looked and his little body just Relax. And he looked at me and he just smiled and he started singing. He hugged me and he, he started singing, I love mommy. I love mommy. And, and he wanted me to put him to bed that night. He just cuddled me and let me read to him. And he was come, he was just completely different little boy after that. It was amazing. Oh my goodness. What a story. It's not something that people probably would believe unless they saw it. And obviously, you know, this is something that you saw firsthand with him. It's just amazing mm -hmm. how these low meridians have, you know, the connection they have between both things that are physical and things that are emotional. And this little bit of blood that was there was obviously, if I'm understanding correctly, it was showing that something was stuck and you were able to release it, which just seemed to free up whatever needed to go. And it's just amazing that it could have such a shift on his emotions and the way that he was acting. Exactly. And he, he stayed like that for a long time. He's never been quite the same since that moment. For those that are interested in acupuncture, can you tell us a little bit about how long a session takes? Mm -hmm. Generally about 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes, just depending on the case, the issue, if I've seen you before, but about an hour. And how often do people come? Now that varies from treatment to treatment and person to person. Um, I, in general, it's maybe once a week until the particular issue is is resolved. Um, sometimes one treatment is all you need, and that's amazing. And then you come back for maintenance treatments. Sometimes if it's a more chronic issue, you may have to come in for a series of treatments. And is this something that can be covered by insurance? Uh, sometimes it depends on your plan, I have to say, but I'm happy to check your plan. Um, I am an out-of-network practitioner, so you would need for me in particular, out-of-network acupuncture benefits. But, you know, fingers crossed, your plan is good. And I find that a lot of insurance plans are starting to cover acupuncture and things like chiropractic and nutrition. So it's definitely very helpful for everyone to check their plan and see because yeah. it may be covered. Absolutely. And then maybe if you're at the beginning of the year, when you're looking at what plan to choose, you really want to go in and think, what am I going to be using this plan for? Do I think I'm going to be needing a lot of primary care doctor visits, or am I going to be one to more use more, you know, out-of-network approaches like um, functional medicine practitioner or acupuncture or chiropractic. And those type of practitioners are largely in your out-of-network. So you might, you just want to look and really look at your plan carefully before you choose just maybe the most expensive or the best one. Just look and see where those lie in the plan. That's a good point. I know that's something I always do. I tend to go out of network a lot. And a lot of the people that I see personally are more in the functional medicine space. So I sometimes choose an insurance that has a more out of network or also add to the flexible spending account because I know that I'm going to spend money outside of the insurance. So that's helpful as well. Now, if someone doesn't have insurance or if their plan does not cover acupuncture, how much does a typical treatment cost? It's generally about a hundred dollars. I mean, I do have some package plans, but um, it's about a hundred to one hundred and twenty-five dollars. 
This is really great. Belinda, this is so interesting. Thank you so much for sharing all of this information. I'm going to post all of Belinda's information on my website and it'll be in the show notes. Thank you, Belinda. Thank you so much, Ina. As we just heard, spider veins was a way Victoria's body was trying to get her attention and releasing the pressure from those vessels not only helped her pain, but also shrunk the benign growth on her hip. Bethany continued to see Belinda to take care of all the remaining spider veins and was beyond excited to feel better. And on top of that, to have clearer skin and be able to wear shorts again. If you want to find out more about my guest, Belinda Brown, please visit my website, healthmysteriesolved.com and go to episode number eight. There you'll find all the details show notes so you can reference everything Belinda and I discussed. Of course, as I always say, Every case is different. So if you've pain, but you do not see any spider veins and have explored other conventional treatments, there are other acupuncture techniques that could be used to help with pain. You may also want to consider avoiding inflammatory foods. Those are things like sugar and processed carbs, as well as nightshade vegetables, such as potatoes, tomatoes, peppers, and eggplant. There are also some nutrients that have wonderful anti-inflammatory properties. Some of my favorites are Arthrosooth, which includes chondroitin, boswellia, and curcumin, and high-quality fish oils like Omega Avail Ultra. You can also consider taking Epsom salt baths as it's very soothing and relaxing and very helpful if the pain is caused by muscle tension. If Victoria sounds like someone you know, please share this episode with them and make sure you subscribe to this podcast because the next health mystery I uncover could be one you or someone you love is dealing with right now. When it comes to solving your health issues, don't give up. The answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.